it's our back to school. Who do you think you are, listeners on this podcast? This is the Back to School, the podcast where we review things we liked in high school and we agree or disagree on if they're still good or not. Get in, loser. We're podcasting. <laughs> Today with you is two hosts. One of them is this voice and it's Liza. And then the other is the other voice and it's Andrew. Andrew, hi. Yeah, baby. Is yeah, baby a better quote than my wife? <laughs> you know, I hadn't even considered comparing Austin Powers to Borat, but same cultural touchstones, <laughs> both as important to the history of cinema as each other. You're right. Same cultural offensiveness. Is, is, yeah, Yay. baby. The 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 my wife of 1997. Hmm. <laughs> Good point, Liza. I'm really glad you brought that up. Everyone has weird accents. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Hmm. I think you're right, Liza. You're right. They're both as important as each other, and they're both very important. Mm, and they both aged so well. They both aged so well. <laughs> You're right, listeners. You saw it on your podcast feed and you just heard us mm-hmm. and Andrew's beautiful, beautiful impressions of Mr. Mike Myers' Austin Powers movie. Uh, the first Austin, one. Austin Danger Powers. Right. That's right. His Danger. full name. Um, what's the full title? Austin, Austin Powers, Powers, the men of International Men, Man of Mystery. Very glow. That's uh, an interesting title. It's a, I mean, so the whole, like, you know, we'll, we can get into it as we talk about the movie. Yeah. It's obviously a, a James Bond parody. Like the whole conceit of the thing is that he is a, a less suave, a more like ham fisted, like obvious version of, of like if, um, if, if James Bond is a rubber mallet, Austin Powers is a sledgehammer. Like there's no <laughs> subtlety involved about him. But they're both equally as like misogynistic and gross about women, so it's mm-hmm. yeah they're it's they're like so the title itself is is in itself supposed to be kind of a parody of James Bond titles, right? Do you want to give us a synopsis for those of us ooh, that maybe ooh. had never seen it before? I'd love to. So Austin Powers is, as we said, sort of a takeoff on James Bond. He is a British spy. Um, he is played by Mike Myers. He's, uh, of course, you could guess just from the, the accent, it's it's Mike Myers. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, in the 70s, he's trying to take down a villain named Dr. Evil, also played mm-hmm. by Mike Myers. That is sort of a reveal, too, by the way. They hide the identity of, of Dr. Evil for, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie, and then it's just like, oh, it's also Mike Myers. Right. Um, and so uh, Dr. Evil puts himself in cryogenic freezing, and then unfreezes himself at a time when corruption is at its peak, which ends up being 1997. Um, mm-hmm. And so he unfreezes himself, and then Austin Powers has also put himself in freezing to be unfrozen when when Dr. Evil reappears. And so now Austin unfreezes in 1997. He has to get reacclimated to life in the 90s and uh, take down Dr. Evil with the help of his former assistant's daughter played by elizabeth hurley vanessa and 
calamity ensues throughout the movie. He has to take down Dr. Evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he meets up with a bunch of his henchmen to defeat them. And then eventually uh, Dr. Evil gets away to be met again in a future sequel. That's my quick synopsis of Austin Powers. Right. Uh, no, that's great. Yeah. I feel like he's like, if you've never seen the movie before, or like myself, I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty much what I was picturing in my mind. But just in case, I feel like the character of Austin Powers is if Mr. Bean and James Bond and acid had a baby together because it's like so mr bean because it's so like hokey like very like i don't know if slapstick is the right word but just like very like a lot of facial expressions that are like make everybody like go ooh gross mm-hmm. um and like playing it's like mike Meyer created a character that is theoretically self-aware of his own non-appeal mm-hmm. and like over corrects by having too much confidence i don't know it's there's it's a, a lot it's an it. interesting yeah i was thinking about it because i was like when i when i pick the movie like this is a movie i did really enjoy when i was younger and i saw the subsequent sequels in theaters as well so like i was in on this franchise you were a big fan um yeah, I was think I was trying to think about it because like obviously as a as a young man I wasn't thinking about the movie in terms of the lens of here's Mike Meyer, you know like actors who cast themselves in movies to be sex symbols. Like you know, whether it's like Bradley Cooper mm-hmm. or you know somebody like and you know Bradley Cooper is a a much more handsome man than the typical man who casts himself to be the like center right. of women's desires. Not that that's he also looks disgusting mm-hmm. in uh in a star is born, but regardless um he's he's <laughs> his face is just like burnt red but um mm-hmm. it, you know like so having Mike Myers playing this like obvious parody of sex symbols and like right. somebody who's bravo like it'd be it's it's weird because like he's obviously meant to look kind of gross. Like his teeth right. are bad. His he's got this like really like gross chest hair, and his hair's fake. Yeah, yeah, and like his hair doesn't look good. Like, but everything about him is made to be kind of comical. But like women just fawn over him and fall over him. So right. it's this weird. Like I can't tell if it's like sort of a like it is in itself like a commentary on the sort of thing where like. Isn't it, you know, like, of course women find me desirable. Like, you know, I'm so attractive, but he's, you know, I don't think that there's a, I don't think there's any part of Mike Myers that goes like, women find me irresistible. And like, I need to, you know, put this on screen and make sure that everyone knows women find me irresistible. And so like, I don't think he's playing into that part of his ego, but it is like, he's below average looking in the Mm -hmm. movie. Like he, and he's made up to be that way. But right. still, women are just like, oh, Austin. And I think it's that sort of like James Bond thing where like women can't help but throw themselves at him no matter what. Like no matter how <laughs> gross he's being towards women, you know, like in the way that James Bond is always like Austin Powers is just sort of like he's not 
detestable, but he is certainly sexist and misogynistic in a way that's supposed to be like, oh, he's from a different time. Um, and, you know, like the, the, right. the male I symbol think, necklace and things like that were just like, yeah, yeah, that's that's not a I wouldn't do that. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't think that's I don't think that's a yeah. good trait to me. It's like it's like if I watch this movie and I feel like it's tell I have this like picture in my head of Mike Myers as like maybe a late teenager or maybe early adult- adulthood and like watching James Bond movies and being like maybe super into it and a fan because I think you can't really make a parody of something unless you like really like that Mm -hmm. original thing in a way sure or at least are fascinated by it and thinking like wow these especially the older James Bonds like because that story has been told for a really long time now and i'm sure if we all watched the like sean connery versions most of it would be highly sexist Mm -hmm. and very uncomfortable um and so watching this and being like having enough maybe enough of a critical eye to be like man this guy is kind of a douche to women but somehow he gets away with it because he's handsome according to like society and then sort of thinking about it in terms of like what if what if that character was not played by someone that's handsome and sort of like kind of I see where the joke could mm-hmm. kind of sprout in that way of being like oh it wouldn't it be funny if it like was actually an ugly duckling dude that really has the same charisma somehow mm-hmm. and then that charisma still has him be popular with the ladies and and then just slap on some like crazy 60s and 70s clothing and, yeah and like um talk i don't know what i'm like slang or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know that people said shaggy baby in the 70s you mean shagadelic they? sorry Shagad- <laughs> sure <laughs> um and and part of me is like is this also because there's a whole bunch of shots it looks like he when you watch the movie there's like chunks of the movie they're cut by what looks like a commercial or like a mini concert it's like oh, these scenes of like him with a band the dance stage. sequences in between like you know he'll the, like rather than like do a transition it's like scene ends and then that and he like plays. winks at the camera yeah. or he's like showing he's, his butt yeah, dancing yeah, yeah. or something and it's these weird like really quick transition times and and like a lot of this reminded me of like the Beatles or something mm-hmm. like very 60s, 70s, like quote unquote experiential, like um, being exper- exper- experimental with yeah. music, you know, like, like rock music. I don't know. Psychedelic. Like, it's just so hokey now to watch it. But that's I feel like he was also like inspir- inspired or totally spoofing on that as yeah. well. And the fact that like. I don't know the haircut and the teeth to me gave me Beatles vibe like (laughs) and so the fact that in real life also the Beatles were like super like you know all the videos we've all seen of like young women just screaming at the top of the lungs for the to get to see them or to get to like be around them or whatever um so it's like rooted in stuff that's like really real in some way of mm-hmm. like the the spoofing of it all is like pretty well done 
it still ends up being so freaking cringy and disgusting. Yeah. And like, yeah. I like my face was stuck in like cringy emoji. Like, oh, I can't watch this yeah. anymore. That was a question I was going to ask you. Were there parts of this movie you found funny? That's a good question. I was really trying to pay attention to anything that would make me actually laugh. And honestly, I think there was only one joke I out loud laughed at. And it was like a dumb slapstick moment because I'm a sucker for it. And it was like not, it was not um, belittling women. Uh-huh. It was just him like, I don't know, hitting himself himself in the face. I, I don't even remember what it was or like falling into something. Uh-huh. I don't remember what it was, but it was one of those like really dumb, just very like slapsticky moment. Cause it didn't, it just hurt him. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like just enough vindictive for me to be like, yeah, <laughs> he deserved to be bodily harmed. Yeah. So there were like a couple things that I got genuine laughs out of the movie. Like it's not, I, I would say in terms of like, there've been much funnier comedies obviously made since, since this movie came out. Um, One of the things that does make me laugh is the very like, flagrant plagiar like sort of like plays on old james bond you know like women names and villain names so like one of the you know one of the women in the movie her name is a lot of vagina which is mm-hmm. you know like a takeoff of pussy galore which is a real name in a james bond oh, movie okay i didn't know that that's interesting and then random task is the name of a henchman which is a takeoff on the james bond villain odd job who uh odd job had like a a you know, circle brimmed hat that he would throw and it was like so razor cut that it could like slice the head off of somebody. But instead, mm-hmm. uh, random task just throws shoes at people. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, okay. So maybe the movie is actually like f- fairly funny if you know James Bond. Yeah. I, it, do not, it, I don't know James Bond tropes. There's a lot so of, there's yeah. probably a lot that I missed in that way. Yeah. Um, and then there's, I, one joke that really did make me laugh very hard was they break into Dr. Evil's facility and they get like a steamroller or something and they're like driving through the facility and like they're telling, you know, get out of the way, get out of the way. And there's just one worker at the fa- at the facility who just like, he's like a hundred yards away yeah. and this thing is not <laughs> moving very fast. And he's just like, no, and they're like, get out of the way. Ah, and he can't yeah, move. He just he's keeps just, cutting to him screaming yeah, over and over Yeah, and like again. eventually they do just go over him because he's just like not moving. He's, they, it's right. like a full like 30 second scene of like, mm-hmm. get out of the way and him cutting back to him screaming and then eventually they just run him over. It's That bit did make me laugh. There's a couple things in it that just like, I don't know, like uh, for some reason later when they activate the self-destruct sequence in this facility, there's a guy who's doing it like he's manually counting down it's not like a computer it's just like a dude on a microphone (laughs) and like a very nick kroll looking guy but he's like counting down from 30 seconds and it's just like he just stays there the whole time counting which is just like (laughs) that's his job but so there's there is stuff in this movie that did make me laugh but it yeah it's it's not it has not aged i mean it hasn't i i will say in in the way that we like to look at things we're like you know, whether something we, we watched from our childhood is, you know, has like racist undertones mm-hmm. or is homophobic. I mean, obviously this movie is sexist, but he's playing a character that is supposed to be sexist, which is not right. itself a 
um, an excuse for making sexist jokes, but like he's not you sort of get you get, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, he's not like, making he's movie. not making sexist remarks as like the cool guy hero. He's making sexist remarks as like, hey Austin, it's the '90s. You know, we don't really do stuff like that anymore. And he's just sort of like, oh, he's a man at a time. Not like it's the night. You know, like this is a movie made in 1996, 97. So like could be rife with gay jokes. And the closest thing is that there are women who look like men and he Mm. thinks that they are spies undercover, you know, in disguise. Yeah. That, that, that part, I, I honestly like, it's so that, sorry, think of my sentence here, but the, I think that scene where he punches the, his like commander's mom or whatever for Mm -hmm. thinking quote thinking she was a man in disguise yeah. and then proceeds to like insult her looks um it it's so it's it so has not aged well to me yeah that i'm all i'm i just end up being really confused it was because so- i'm like what I, I just look at it and it's just so nonsensical now to watch this kind of joke that i'm like I don't get it. Am I not getting something? It was, it was a callback to earlier in the movie, which was in, in itself, the earlier scene was very funny, which was this woman at this club is like, can I get you something, Mr. Powers? And then like he punches her in the face and then he says, that's not a woman, that's a man, baby. And then when he goes down to to pull the wig off, it is now a guy with a wig on. Like it, they have switched out the actress. So like it was, you know, like right. it, like that, Phys- that that visual bit was really funny again to me like a joke that was like oh that was pretty funny but i you know like the because it's you know supposed to be this person is so well disguised that you can't even see it sure. and he just has this intuition now he's just being now it's just like a mean visual mm. joke like oh this woman yeah. looks so manly that he just mistook her for a man right which is yeah but- yeah, it you, felt needless to you would never see a joke like that. Yeah, it, it <laughs> like, felt too mean spirited to be a joke that would be written today, hopefully. No, but yeah, um, another you did remind me of another joke I do like in the movie. And that is that the character who calls in to give Austin his missions and to kind of give him background is a character named Basil Exposition, which is just like a very on the nose joke, which was is does tickle me still so yes i think the little details like that they definitely scored on i um i will say it was very disappointing to see will ferrell oh (laughs) brown faced into what is supposedly a middle eastern character yeah his name Um, was mustafa so you can right take what you will hat um He's he he portrays he's really in it for what three minutes. It's really yeah. short, yeah. but it is heartful and terrible. So I'm glad it was only for three minutes. Yeah. Um and it, with a really bad fake accent and um he gets like he's part of the henchmen at the beginning that get booted out because he doesn't have enough good evil ideas or mm-hmm. whatever reason. And then it <laughs> That joke, okay, so what reminded me that it was, one of the things that reminded me that it was a late 90s, early 2000 movie is that, well, late mid, I guess, because if it was made in 96, that's still pretty mid 90s, but uh, the jokes last too long. 
Oh yeah, There's yeah, yeah. The the Will Ferrell, so he gets booted out of his chair and into this like fire pit. Yeah, fire pit dungeon under the ground and just screams for the following. So you he's only on screen for three minutes and then he screams for another three minutes yeah. below the ground, saying, Ow, ow, I'm in pain, I'm in pain, come help me. And that's that's still part of the joke. Um, and I think like the length of that joke is that's at the time is what is popular that's about that joke is that 90s, it's lasting too yeah. long. But now I just, I don't know. I was never a fan of those types of jokes, but watching it now, it's just like, oh my God, just get on with the mm-hmm. next thing. He <laughs> the other a- one that's like that is um, when they revive Austin Powers after he's- All the peeing and the- Yeah, the yeah. peeing that lasts like what feels like 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And then the three like military type in charge in suits dudes, they're like watching him pee. The faces they make- were like concerning to me uh-huh. <laughs> I, was like, I get that like the main joke is like haha he hasn't peed in whatever 30 years so he's peeing forever okay sure like that's a dumb joke it's easy to write whatever like you're into it you're not but then they keep cutting to these three dudes waiting and watching him pee and they just like smile at each other like isn't this isn't he yeah. a good kid yeah. like I don't know like what is that facial expression I didn't really understand it was like what what's happening in this moment why are they like this is this is cool that we're waiting for this guy or like mm-hmm. are we being awkward I don't know it was a weird moment there's a um we'll talk I'll talk about it now because I don't think we'll ever watch the second Austin Powers movie is my guess oh man I know shucks um <laughs> but there's a Will Ferrell returns as Mustafa. Mm, Mustafa. And there's a really funny part where Austin Powers catches up to him and he's trying to get information on Dr. Evil. And so he's like, where's Dr. Evil's lair? He's like, I'll never tell you, Powers. Where's Dr. Evil's lair? I'd rather die than tell you. Where's Dr. Evil's lair? All right, I'll tell you. And so, like, it just turns out another trope in, like, James Bond movies is, like, you just have to ask three times. Like, just repeat (laughs) the question three times. So, like, eventually, you know, they get to, he asks him another question. He's like, I'll never tell. And he's like, so he gets the bit. He's like, okay, where's Dr. Evil? And he's like, I'll rather die. Where's Dr. Evil? Thing? He's like, fine, I'll tell you. So he they go through like a series of like, you know, it's that, again, that hitting that same joke over and over and over again. But that bit is uh-huh. funny where it's just like, he just has to ask him three times and just, he's so defiant until he gets to the third time. So <laughs> that joke was funny. I remember that, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, we'll the... probably not watch the, thir- the second movie, so. Mm-hmm. I did, I think- what was more difficult some of the parts that well okay so one of the things that was more difficult for me to watch the movie because I knew what I was getting myself into it was more or less what I was picturing in my mind knowing that I had never actually seen it before Mm -hmm. but so yes what he says and what he does to women is gross and it's like the point of that character is that he's repulsive and has like old ideas about how to interact with women especially in the workplace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think what the movie is still ends up doing is that like she still she starts by being repulsed by him and somehow still ends up being into him at the end even though he is disgusting. I don't know. That part I'm like, eh, okay. I don't I don't buy it and I still think it's like fulfilling this idea that like 
they still end up doing the thing that they they're saying they make fun of of like yeah oh he's like an ugly duckling but he has enough charisma and like the way he treats women is sort of like it's charming because it's so over the top is that what it like basically that's what the mom tells her is like oh but yeah he's gross but he has so much charm Mm -hmm. she keeps like repeating that and then that's when the daughter finally sees the charm they go on a date around vegas and sort of like she starts being uh i don't know well there's never there's never a point where she's like completely repulsed by him she's always kind of charmed by him like from the beginning like even when he's like hitting on her in the plane when they first meet they're still like she sits with her arms crossed but she kind of looks back and smiles like even then she's still like i gotta admit he's a little like you're right there's not like ever a point where she's just like oh this man is uh you know like a monster like Mm -hmm. it's always like he's you know like he's being very gross but but also he's giving me attention so i kind of like it yeah Yeah. um so go ahead it's so i still have issues with that type of writing for women because i think it's done a lot Mm -hmm. and i i think it's still like portraying this idea that Oh, he's disgusting, but isn't he trying hard? Isn't mm-hmm. that amusing or cute or different or whatever? And it's like, well, is, does it excuse the fact that he is disgusting? And yeah. Does it, like, respect or uplift women? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Is the standard too low? Yes. Like, I don't know. That's my thought on that. The part that I did actually enjoy is Dr. Evil. Like, I did mm-hmm. think it, like, that kind of hokey villain dude um i enjoyed better than the austin pair like it's played by the same person so i feel like it's easy to compare them but um it like visually he has like a giant scar on his face and where's that gray suit i don't it's the kind of stuff that makes me enjoy a lot of like marvel or disney things as if the villain is like kind of either like weirdly quirky fun Mm -hmm. and like and that type of like evil where it's just like evil for the sake of evil because that's what they are good at is so like kind of ridiculous and like fun to watch because there's it doesn't feel like there's huge stakes into it Mm -hmm. in a way um and then to have him well pet that cat the whole time it's just like so iconic and and funny like just Mm -hmm that alone that reminds me the the villain and is it um doctor or no inspector gadget oh also dr claw uh, or the claw yeah or also it's a cat the yeah. entire time so that kind of reminded me of that but um the the fact that seth green shows up out of nowhere as to his like his son his son who midway through the movie i was like does he have mom and then like literally two minutes later they sort of mentioned explained that he was like he's like a tube baby he's yeah. just made in a lab or whatever um this is like peak set green like it's post uh or maybe mid or post buffy the vampire slayer and then like a bunch of dumb comedies he's yeah. done at the time and i don't know i have like a weird sweet spot for seth green probably because of buffy and he he's so good at playing the freaking moron like kid. The also the the scenes where he and Doctor Evil go to family therapy together are like pretty funny. Where like is I it, loved that. Is that Carrie Fisher <laughs> who played the therapist? 
Yes. Okay. I thought it so. is. I, thought I so. love Frontal that. Man. I was like, what the fuck? Carrie Fisher's in this. Yeah. Um, but just like the whole, you know, like dad, I, you know, like I'm just trying to communicate. Like, you know, he's like, I think he's trying to kill me. And she's like, in a way, you know, like we all sort of perpetuate that thing. He's like, no, I am trying to kill him. That is, you know. <laughs> I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like, yes, I love that scene. I thought that was like pretty funny still. Um, just to have these like combos of dads and sons and yeah. like Carrie Fisher, like very like this trope. I don't know. I feel like it's been used a lot, but it's still funny to me where like the group therapist like hears what they say and still trying to pull metaphors out of it. And Mm -hmm. they're like, no, no, literally I tried to murder him (laughs) today. Like I'm not. And she's like, no, but aren't we all feeling like that Mm -hmm. sometimes? Like I also like she's like, and what do you have to say to that mystery? If it goes, Dr. Evil, I went to evil doctor school for nine years. yeah very stupid stuff mm -hmm. and then the whole the whole like angsty vibe that seth green can put out yeah and and during that time of like see this is what i was trying to tell you too much pressure yeah i just have to be the evil blah 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 i have to take over the evil company or like whatever like so that part i did think was pretty funny um he also had a very good bit where Towards the end, Dr. Evil gets Austin and Vanessa kidnapped and he has them captive and he's going to feed them to these mutated sea bass and he's going to have them slowly lowered into this tank. And, you know, Seth Green's character is just kind of sitting there like, why don't you just shoot them? (laughs) No, son, I'm going to slowly lower them into a tank and then close the door so we don't see. Why don't you just shoot them? We can go both get guns right now. And then we can just shoot him right here in front of you. We can see it happen. You know, bang, bang. And he's like, you don't get it, Scott. And then, you know, that, of course, he's like, I hate you, Dad. And yeah. it's just like he's he's sort of left there, like, calling out the obvious, like, just shoot him. Like, yeah. you want them dead. Which like, I feel like, yeah, he basically, like, Seth, the Seth Green character embodies the 90s clashing with all these 60s yeah. tropes. And, and, and the fact that, yeah, anybody that grew up, you know, post-1992 or something and being like, that would be the easiest way. Most movies made after whatever, like 1990, would just like shoot at someone when mm-hmm. there's a problem. Like, yeah. That's, you just quickly fix the issue. And I love that they kind of are self-aware enough of that and yeah. just like bring that to the front of he's just like, let me just give me a gun. I'll just do it right now. If you <laughs> right. want this guy dead, like yeah. you don't need to like do this whole spectacle of it all. And he's like, no, but I like that part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd say the... The, the thing that, I mean, like, obviously there's a lot of stuff that's kind of cringy about this movie. The thing that I was really left, like, sort of, like, being like, all right, guys, was, like, overestimating how great everything was in the 90s, which was, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, when, like, uh you know, Dr. Evil's, like, you know, talking about how, like, oh, you, you know, you're a child of the 70s and blah, blah, blah. And he's, like, actually, the 90s is pretty good, man, you know, like. You know, blah, 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 we've got freedom and responsibility. It's a really groovy time. And, like, you know, all this stuff where it's just, like, yeah, these fucking people from, like, the 70s, like, the reason why everything sucks is because these people from the 70s, like, didn't take responsibility, uh, but did take freedom pretty, you know, you know, pretty seriously. So, like, it's, you know, it's these, like, these people that are exactly Austin Powers' age who are, like, who fucking ruined it for us, in the, yeah. you know, in the 90s. And so this overestimation of like how great things were in the nineties, I think was like kind of a 
maybe for me the cringiest part of the movie where I was like uh I don't Yeah, think that's the part that doesn't right. age well because they're like well like we're now we're watching it, you know, 20 plus years later and yeah. um and they do that comparison where he like, there's a couple of scenes, at least one of them where he he's like, "Oh, let's oh, I think it's coming from Dr. Evil where he's like, "Let's I don't know, I forget, like this grandiose evil idea and then they're like, "Oh, no, that's been done already." Mm-hmm. Or like we can't do that anymore because of blah 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 and so they sort of they they try to like be aware of the fact that it has been 30 years and things have passed and like now in the 90s we're so much more you're right like responsible or woke or whatever whatever the 90s version of woke is and then to watch another 25 years later you're like "Eh, okay well (laughs) there's still like lots of those other things and right it's just like the 90s needed to cool down a little bit yeah <laughs> about good thing we, yeah good thing we figured all that shit out right we did it <laughs> done <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, so liza what would you give austin powers the international man of mystery out of five swedish penis enlarging pumps <laughs> um I'm gonna give it a one and a half. Ooh. <laughs> uh, it's a one because I'm not gonna see it ever again. Uh-huh. But it's not a zero because I feel like now I have grounds to not like it as opposed to before assuming I would not like it and not watch it. Uh-huh. Um, so for some reason, it gets credit for that, not me for watching it um and then the half is because carrie fisher is in it and that was a good surprise um yeah that i was not expecting how about Mm -hmm. you how many swedish penis pumps i mean i out of five i i gave a ooh to your very low rating but i'm not gonna rate it much (laughs) higher like it's you know i think it's like two out of five like it's i i got some amusement out of some of the jokes it's most of the jokes can like sort of swing and miss for me now, but there was some, I did get some enjoyment out of some of the jokes that I still found funny then. And then there were some jokes that I did not understand when I was uh, 13 years old, when I saw this movie for the first time. So, you know, like the come again things and um, you know, whatever. So like there were uh, innuendo jokes that I didn't understand that I got now that sort of feel corny and, Mm-hmm. Um, outdated, but whatever. So yeah, two seems like the fair yeah. rating. You know, yeah. it's it's. I got some laughs, but not as much <laughs> as I probably did when I was uh, thirteen and saw this movie. So had you have you watched it in the last no, twenty ish? No, years? I'd say I. I mean, I did. I've seen it since it was in theaters. So like, I probably watched it on like. VHS or DVD mm-hmm. probably in like the, my late teens or early 20s but I haven't seen it in probably 15 years is my guess yeah at least so I don't know it's I mean it's it's always it's always interesting you know that our our podcast is so interesting don't we have such a great <laughs> premise um it's it's always interesting to like go back and watch these things that I've not seen in so long and just be like oh yeah I have outgrown this <laughs> Yeah, which is neither. I mean, it's good, I guess. Like yeah. you're, 
you know, you've grown as a person, yeah. which is not never a bad thing. But yeah, I, I think part of me sort of being content, I'm not going to say glad, but content with watching it is that at the like, I feel like I grew up even in middle school or high school, even like people quoting, you know, it's like watching a movie that people have been quoting your entire life. And then you're like, okay, now I have the context yeah. of boys just saying groovy baby like mm-hmm. all the time for you know 10 years and you're like cool now i have the context for it great that's why like- <laughs> they were saying groovy baby <laughs> ah. or like yeah i don't know because like i i for me where i grew up it would have been whatever the french translation ended up being which i'm i doubt was much smarter than that mm-hmm. but um yeah it was a good milestone yeah pop culture thing yeah. to go through all right Liza, let's move on to the surprise prize Ooh. let's bring in our good friend farnandar farnandar the drums for Narndar? Uh, uh, welcome to the surprise prize, Liza. Thank you. You're welcome, welcome, listeners. You're welcome. So, Liza, my surprise prize is a question to you. Mm-hmm. So, Austin Powers, I saw in theaters when I was, you know, 13. Mm-hmm. And did not probably, I don't, did not go with my parents. So, I went <laughs> to the movie theater either with friends. I, I didn't go by myself, but went with friends. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm trying to remember, I think the first movie that I would have seen without my parents in the theaters was like the Power Rangers movie that came out in the mid nineties. What do you remember what the first movie you saw without your parents was in a movie theater? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. Hmm. I don't remember. I'm trying to think what would have been, let's see. I was probably like around... I don't know. Not a, I don't think I was like I was probably older than 13. Uh to go by myself with friends. Cuz I think like even if it was like going for a birthday party or something there was at mm-hmm. least an adult there cuz yeah. it was like a group of children, but uh with just friends it was probably like more like four I don't know, 15, something like that, 14, 16. Mm-hmm. So not sure maybe like um some kind of like dumb action rom-com what's an action rom-com an action i don't rom-com. know what i'm saying <laughs> like bad boys <laughs> i don't know is that rom-com or the second one i don't know there's always some kind of like everything ends up happy and the boy gets gr- the girl at the end even at the end of action movies yeah have you seen the spinoff, by the way, the Netflix show? No. Is it, Who is it with? It's uh, Gabrielle Union and um, Jessica Alba. Oh, so it's by girls? Yeah, it's, it's, it's like what's that? it called? It's like LA fi- LA's Finest or something. Oh, but yeah, no, like, I have ne- That's a good combo of ladies. It's a direct spinoff. Yeah, I haven't watched it because I haven't seen the Bad Boys movies. You have not? No, I have not. Oh my God! Well, here we go. Here Putting we go. Putting on my list. 
Um, there are things that, I mean, I have meant to see them. I just have never, never done it. But um, mm. do you remember old coworker Sean? Yes. Yeah. Our old coworker Sean used to, he was obsessed with bad boys. And so he, he used to That's get really, he used to get really worked up that I had not seen them, but, <laughs> and then I got around not he, seeing them with him. So, yeah, my version of that with Sean was Nacho Libre. He like got on my ass for mm. not having watched it for a long time. And then I did. And we became best friends. Wow. And you're best and friends to this day. <laughs> yeah. You know it. Still staying in close touch with him, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, sorry. I don't have a great answer. I feel like it's probably something like that, but, or like a, yeah, like a Tom Cruise movie or a Brad Pitt movie or a Ben Affleck movie. One of the hunks. One of the hunks. Mm -hmm. Cause it was probably with a girlfriend. So finding something like, look, he's cute. Let's go watch this movie together. Other than like, you know, cause you're, you're pretty good friends with your brothers uh-huh. And your sister. Um, do you remember when the time was that you stopped seeing movies? Like, I mean, like, not to, like, you know, like, you'll maybe go see a movie with your brother just kind of like as a thing. Yeah. But like, w- do you remember when the last time you stopped, like, when you stopped going to movies with your family as like a family outing type of thing? Or do you still do that? Uh, Not with the whole family because we're so scattered, yeah. but I'll still like... One twenty twenty is different, but before that, we would. <laughs> yeah. we, would went, go... we still went uh, last weekend to go see Tenet. Yeah. Um, we we actually like the family that lives in Seattle would try to go after Christmas all together mm-hmm. because typically we all like my siblings and I would get gift cards to like AMC or to um the one in Ballard uh, Majestic uh, Bay Majestic Bay. Or something like that. So we would try to pick something that my stepmom, because my stepmom is probably the most uh, picky about mm-hmm. what she would want to watch. So we've done that all together uh, in my adult life. But as a like youth in France, honestly, like my biggest memory is we all went to see Titanic together, uh-huh. and I was like four or five years old. And I, I remember I. That's one of my probably like few very little kid memories i remember like specific parts and then also i remember or i don't remember things but i've been told multiple times because my mom loves the story of the fact that oh you uh, yeah you've told me this story (laughs) (laughs) we ended up sitting because it was it was a small theater where i grew up and it was like the beginning of titanic of course when it came out it was huge and so it was packed theater and we ended up on the very front row Mm -hmm. um and that's so that's four kids and two adults. It's big, it's, you know, six people. That's pretty big. Um, and I'm what five or six years old because it's ninety seven, I think, or yeah. something like that. And uh, <laughs> so I remember like falling asleep because it's a really fucking long movie for a five year old. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it's a, I, I'd say it's a long <laughs> movie for a thirty five year old. And. So I remember like watching the movie and thinking it was fun and then falling asleep and then waking up right when they like basically the last 20 minutes of the movie. And what I've been told over like my mom loves that uh, story is that I when they get on 
like when they get in the water and there's the whole thing with the plank and there's yeah quote unquote only room for one still defer to that um i jumped on the seat as a little five six year old and i just kept screaming to the, you know when you're a kid like you, you, that little enough to not really understand that you're not supposed to like scream at the screen when there's uh-huh. like 150 people in the room <laughs> and i just like screamed like get on the blank just get on the freaking blank <laughs> and my mom like pull like my sister probably being really embarrassed me like just shut up shut up just like pulling on my sleeve mm-hmm. and me being like no there's enough space just get on the plank and just screaming and then the whole theater apparently laughing at the fact that this five-year-old is like very angry at the idea that he can't fit on that thing can i tell you the opposite version of that story (laughs) not so i um what was the movie it was the i might have told you this story and maybe i've told on the podcast i can't remember but um that nascar will ferrell movie Mm -hmm. uh with uh john c Riley. yeah Mm -hmm. oh uh uh talladega nights and so we i went with a couple friends to go see the movie and it just so happens that like three other guys that we went to high school with and this is like after high school this is like 2007 so it'd been like five or six years since we'd been in high school so three guys that we went to high school with show up and we're, it's not like guys we're friends with, but I was friendly with them. Like, I mm-hmm. knew them, and they knew me. And so we're, like, saying hi. And they sit, like, a, a row in front of us. So, like, we didn't come to the movie together. We just happened to sit near each other. So they snuck in beers, and they're getting progressively drunker through the movie and just becoming, like, belligerent fucking assholes throughout the whole thing. So, like... Mm-hmm. Now they're screaming at the movie, you know, like they're reacting like they're in their living room, just like talking to the movie and being like, oh my God, oh, this is so funny. You know, like saying shit like that. We're just like, you're in a fucking theater, dude. Like, no. They're having more fun than everybody else in the room. Yeah, but at the expense of everybody else. Like, it's not like, it's not a communal thing where we're all having fun with them. It's like, no. They're being drunk assholes and they're the only ones having fun in this like huge theater. Yeah. So people start throwing shit at them as they're like, <laughs> as the movie's going on, people are yelling, you know, shut the fuck up at these guys, yeah. which is yeah. the right thing to do. Yeah. And eventually somebody just like, they say something that was just like so stupid. Somebody takes like a full Coke and just chucks it at them and hits them right in the back of the head. Oh my God. And they, and you know, and they're just like, <laughs> whatever dude. <laughs> so movie ends. I'm, mortified because like one i don't i don't ever want to like make people unhappy but i also don't want to be the center of attention either right and right now you're both (laughs) i'm both because i'm like i'm not doing this but as far as everybody in the theater knows because i was like friendly with these guys and like saying hi before the movie i'm with them so like you're associated so they get up they get up before the movie ends then they all walk out of the like exit by the screen because they're drunk and whatever and they've been hit with shit so they leave and so after the movie ends i just turn around everybody i'm like i just want everybody to know I am not with those fucking guys. I am so <laughs> sorry. I'm apologizing for them because I have known them in a past life, but in no way am I a part of that. That was as embarrassing for me as it was for anyone else. And the people who like threw shit at them were like, you're fine, man. Don't worry. Like, you know, it was clear that you're not drunk and not in that group. So it was, 
Oh, that that story is so mortifying to me. It's, it was so embarrassing to just like be at any point in my life associated with those guys. Oh my god, yeah, that's embarrassing. I I feel like I've had like high school with like you're describing like most of my high school nightmares mm-hmm. memories of just like being with people that I don't know. You're just like, oh my god, do we need to make this much noise right now and this much <laughs> right. craziness? Yeah. Um, not at a theater, but that's intense. Yeah, <laughs> Getting was... shit chucked at you is bananas. Uh, yeah, like to be a communal <laughs> villain, like yeah. to the point where everybody's like, the right thing like, for me to do. It's medieval time, and you're getting tomatoes in your exactly, face because yeah. you've committed like communal crime or oh, whatever, community just, crimes. Yeah, for everybody in the theater to agree that these are the worst people in the room yeah. is like it's such and like to for everybody to make that decision while they're watching a comedy movie is just like you're there right, to have all a good for time. A feral, mo- feral, uh, Will Ferrell movie. Yeah, oh, yeah and like you're there to have a good time and just like to decide. Yeah. We as a society have deemed these people the villains, and we will punish them accordingly. <laughs> it was just like, God, like I. That's wild. I was like it, and I was truly feeling like. Man, if these people decide to beat the shit out of us for like having been friendly with these guys, they wouldn't be wrong. Like they were being so. I'm actually annoying. gonna go up there and ask them to yeah. do that. Hey, oh, please kick my ass. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I horrible. deserve it. Horrible. Um. So yeah. Anyways, those three guys are not patrons of our Patreon page, but you can be a patron of our Patreon page. <laughs> Uh, by going to patreon.com slash goodtalkstudio and getting bonus episodes of Throwback to School and all the bonus episodes of podcasts for just five bucks a month. That's right. If you want to be associated with these cool people that don't make big fusses in theaters That's anymore. That's right. We are, yeah, yeah, not anymore. <laughs> in tw- like yeah. Some of us used to be five and screaming at the screen. Some of us used to apologize for belligerent friends. But we just don't. We're just not those people anymore. Yeah, Give us yeah, money. Yeah. If yeah. If uh. If 2020 hadn't happened, we'd still be making a mess in theaters. Uh, you right. and I especially. But because 2020 has happened, we haven't been to a theater in a year, so we haven't done it in that amount of time. Mm-hmm. But we've changed people. So reward us by going to the Patreon and subscribing, and then go to our Instagram page, Instagram.com/slash/throwbacktoschool. Follow us there. Twitter.com, whenever I get the password for that figured out, uh, Twitter.com slash TBT school. And those are our Soshi Meads. That's right. And uh, message us. We will uh, talk to you. See you tomorrow. That's See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.